Today's daf is Gitin daf Nun Zayin. We are at the third wide line of daf Nun Zayin Omer Aleph. The two dots, Atar Negoyla, the Atar Negolta, Charev Tor Malka. Today's daf is being learned, Le'ilu Nishmas Chayim Elazar, Ben Yibadol Chayim, Rib Shimshin So today's daf is part two of the three-part series of dafin that are tucked away in Perikan Ezokin and Mesechtes Gitin that deal with Churban Beis HaMikdash. So yesterday's daf dealt primarily with the Churban of Yerushalayim. Akamtsa Ubar Kamtsa Chor of Yerushalayim. Today's daf is going to discuss the Churban of Tur Malka and the Churban of Beitar. Rabbi Yochanan began the sugya by saying, Ashrei Adam Mefachei Tamid Umaksha Libay Yipal Bara. Praiseworthy is a person who's Mefachei Tamid. He's doyeg liris hanoilat. He calculates every move he makes and he understands and recognizes that although the action that he took might seem to be a dover katan, but the consequences and the ramifications could potentially be very, very great. And he gave three examples of it. All examples associated with the tkufa of Churban Bayesheni. The first example that he gave was Akamsu Bar Kamsa of Yerushalayim. That was because of the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa that Yerushalayim was destroyed. The second example that he gave was Atarnegoyla of the Tarnegolta Charev Tormalka, based on a story of a rooster and a hen. Tormalka was destroyed. And Ashaka the Rizbak, because of the door of a chariot, a chariot that women used to ride in. The city of Beitar was destroyed. Today's daf is going to discuss the latter two of the three Mishalim that Rabbi Yochanan gave, the Ashrei Adam Mefachei Tam. It's the Gemara. Atar Negoyla, Atar Negolta, Charev Tor Malka. It was because of a story related to a rooster and a hen that Tor Malka was destroyed. It's the Gemara. What's the background to this story? The Havanihigi, the Minig, the Jewish custom was, when a Chassan and a Kala would be going toward to their wedding, mafki kamayu They would be preceded by a rooster and a hen. So you'd have the chassan and the kala, and in front of them, leading the way, showing them the path, was a tarnagoyl of a tarnagot. What was the significance of it? Koloimar. We always say that when Rashi says koloimar, it means Rashi's bothered with Akasha. Here the Gemara says Kaloimar. The Gemara is bothered with Akasha. What's the Kasha? It's just a bizarre minic. Says the Gemara, Pru Urvu Kitarnagoilim. The symbolism was that we want that this Chasim and this Kala should be Zoicha to build a bias Nam of Israel. They should merit to fulfill the first mitzvah in the Torah. Pru Urvu, how so? Like Tarnagoilim. If you look at the Marsha in Chedusha Yagadis, he says, Why Pru Urvu Kitarnagoilim more so than any other creature? So he says, Tumach Shabbos. Number one, he says that the Torah, in the beginning of creation, mentions the mitzvah of Pru twice. It was said, of course, to Adam and Chava, but it was also said to the Oifos and the Dogim on the fifth day of creation. A Tarnagol and a Tarnagolis, they're Mine Oifos, so they had the Bracha of Pru As a result, it's appropriate to pick that type of animal. Why the Tarnagol and the Tarnagolis? So he adds to that that the Noctu Tarnagolim al Shem Shenikra Gover. Because we know the rooster is called the Gover, just like a man is called the Gover. So there's some commonality, says the Masha, between a man and a rooster. What do we use for Kaparis? We use 
a rooster because there's some sheiches between it and man, and that's why it was the Tarnagol and the Tarnagolist. The Emma says you find throughout Chazal this idea that the Tarnagolim were very shakua in the Indian of Pru Urvu. Takonas Ezra was put into place. Why? So you see that the Tarnagol was Matsui Eitzel Ishtai. In fact, the Tarnagol, or a Tarnagoles, lays an egg every single day. So there is an Indian of Puruvu that you find by the Tarnagolis. The Balaturim says regarding Bilam. Bilam is referred to as Noum HaGever. Why Gever? So it says the Balaturim, Miloshin Tarnagol, because you know he was Tufezimo. We saw it in yesterday's da. What's his punishment? His punishment is he's in Shechva Zerroisachas. But either way. So this was this minic that there was a Tarnagol and a Tarnagolis that they would Mafki Kamayu every time there was a Chasen and a Kap. Yemechad, one fateful day, have a Kachal of There was a Gundadurimai. There were a group of Roman soldiers that were passing by as this wedding procession is taking place. So they see the Tarnagol and the Tarnagol they grabbed it away. When the Jews saw that these soldiers grabbed their Tarnagol and Tarnagol, they weren't happy. And they started beating the soldiers to the point that they killed them. Also, the Kesar. So there were Malshinim that were there. They reported to the Kesar and they told the Kesar, the Jews have rebelled. Now, the Jews really didn't rebel. All they were doing, seemingly, was they were just defending themselves. They were very disappointed. Why are you not allowing us to celebrate our wedding? And as a result, they took a little bit of revenge. But this turned into some big scheme, and it was presented to the Roman Caesar as if, and the Roman Caesar decided that he's going to have to come, and he's going to have to quash the rebellion. The Jews at that time had a bar So this was someone from the southern part of Eretz Yisrael, who had supernatural powers. He was able to jump a mill of Tchum Shabbos fame, and he was able to kill anybody. The Kesar was very, very intimidated by this Bar because he knew that if he's going to try to fight with the Jews, he's going to have to give Zechaneitza with this superstar that they have. So he took his crown, he put it down on the ground. Omar, and he said a tefillah. This is the Roman Kesar. His tefillah was the following. Please, I ask you, like Tim Lahu Gavra Gavra. Meaning, you want the Roman Empire to come down? I understand. But one person should take us down? That's busyness. Please, my tefillah is that if you want us to fall, at least it shouldn't happen in this way. The Roman Kesar Davin, and his tefillah was answered. Actually, And the way it was answered was that this Bar he too said something. But what he said wasn't a tefillah. What he said was a Dover Shal Gaiva. And that's what ultimately caused the downfall. For Amr, what did he say? He quoted a passage in Tehillim. It says, Haloi atu elikim zinachtanu, v'loi seitzei elikim betzivayseinu. And what he meant to say was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu zinachtanu. You've forsaken us, but it's fine. V'loi seitzei elikim betzivayseinu. We don't need you. Meaning, I'm powerful. I have a strong army. I can fight without you. And because of what he said, and the tefillah of the Roman Kaiser, ultimately he was taken down. You're telling me that this is such a terrible thing. Didn't David say it? Meaning, it's a passing in Tehillim. It's Tehillim Perik Samach Pasukud Beis. All he's doing is quoting King David. So if he's quoting David Amalek, how could it be so terrible? 
Lachura, if David Amalek said it, so it can't be so bad. So the Gemara says, no, David atmuya kamatama. David said it belashim bitmiya. He said aloy atol likims and achtonu v'loyseitz elikimitz v'loyseinu. Ebeshto, we can't survive without you. If you're zin achtonu, if you're not going to go out with us, we won't be successful. He didn't say it with a question mark. He said it with an exclamation mark. He was fine with it. So he quoted David Amalek abemetanander nigin, and because the nigin was different, therefore it was a problem. So how did this bar deroima ultimately? Get Get defeated all the way. Sakise, the Gemara says he went to the bathroom. Also, while he was sitting in the base, Sakise, a droikna came, a snake came, shamte le and it was able to enter his gulf. It chapped his intestines, and he died. Omar. So the Roman case that said, my prayers were answered pretty quickly, and I had this incredible miracle take place. I'm going to give the Jews a pass. I'm going to let this whole thing fly. I am not going to be concerned with this rumor of Mardabachal Yudai. The Azal, and he retracted, he went back home. And the Jews heard that this re- attack was averted, is Dakar. They started jumping, they started dancing. They ate and drank. And they lit candles. And there were so many candles, there were so many bright lights, that a person was able to see the picture on his ring, a mill away. Omar, when the Roman Caesar heard what had happened, he said, He says, the Jews, I think they're overreacting with the celebration. It almost feels like they think they defeated me. And they didn't defeat me. I decided to walk away. I decided to give them a chance. But really, that's not what happened. And then he came a second time. And when he came the second time, there was a terrible shechita. How terrible? Omar Ravasi. So the Amar Ravasi said, There were 300,000 soldiers, all who had swords that entered Tormalka. And they literally butchered Jews for three days and three nights. And the Gemara says that Turmalka was so big that this was all happening on one side of Turmalka. On the other side, the party continued. They didn't even know what was going on. On the beauty of Yaakov. When Robin came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he said over the name Rabbi Yechonon. What's this Pasuk referring to? It's referring to the Shishim Reboy. That's 60 times 10,000. The 600,000 cities that Yane Amelch had in Haramelch. Who does that name Ravasi? Shishim Reboy. Yaris Hoylo, Yane Amelch, Baramelch. Yane Amelch had 600,000 cities in Haramelch. And each one had a population of the Yotzim Mitzrayim, which was 600,000. With the exception of three of the 600,000 cities, Shahoyubahem, not Kiyotz Mitzrayim, but Kiflaim Kiyotz Mitzrayim, two times Kiyotz Mitzrayim, Elohain. What were the three cities that were so big? Kfar Bish, that was the name of the city, Kfar Shechlaim, Kfar Dechrai. Kfar Bish, the reason the one city was called Kfar Bish, they were called Kfar Bish because Bish is Aramaic for bad, and they were simply bad people. How did it manifest itself? They didn't allow anyone to stay in their houses. Kfar Shechlaim. Why would it be called Shechlaim? Shehoysa parnasasam is Shechlaim. So Shechlaim is a certain plant. English, it's cress, whatever that means. But the bottom line is, this was known as Kfar Shechlaim because that's how they made their parnasa. Kfar Dechraya, Amr Rabbi Yoichanon, Shoyin Eshoseim, Yoldeschorim, Tchilo. The reason it was called Kfar Dechraya is because everybody had a boy first. The Oledes Nekeva Bachroina, then they had a girl, Upoiskis, then they didn't have any children anymore. Oma Ulu Ulu said, Lididi Chazak Liahu Asra. I saw the Eri of Haramelech, and I heard what 
The Messiah is that this was a place where there were 600,000 people, all these different cities, and there was so much going on. And to be honest with you, to me, the geography of it was so small that if you wanted to fit 600,000 stalks, you couldn't even fit 600,000 stalks. This observation that Ula made, made the same exact observation to the great Reb Hanina. He told him the following. He said, You're a bunch of liars. He says, Why are we liars? He said, because you have a Messiah, Haramelech, all these cities and people and this great Churban that took place. He says, look at Haramelech. You can literally walk it. Just plot it out. You'll see there's nothing there. You can't even fit 600,000 Kodim. Amalei, so he told him back, Eretz Tzvi Ksivba. It says that Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Tzvi. It's the land of the Hesh, right, of a deer. What's the marshal? Just like a tzvi, if you would skin it, if you would remove the skin, you would find that the skin of the tzvi really should not be able to cover the entire guf of the tzvi. It's the same way. When the yidin are living in Eretz Yisrael, there's enough room for the Yidden to live there. And when the Yidden are not living in Eretz Yisrael, Gamda, what happens is the land actually shrinks. So Eretz Yisrael is an Eretz Tzvi. On the one hand, it can be bigger, and on the other hand, it can be smaller. Yisrael Chanan Lipschitz showed me a beautiful Naramakim, the Primagodim, in the beginning of Hilchis Birchas Atayra. So the Gemara says in Nidarim, this is one of the Churbin Gemaras, not Pei Aleph Amid Aleph, where the Gemara says, Alma of the Aretz, Shloi Baruch Atayra So that's why the Primagodim is bringing this in Hilchis Birchas Atayra. So he says, Alma of the Haaretz, the land itself was lost. Eretz Svi, the land was once so big, it was Machsik, all these different people. And now, the land can't even be Machsik, 600,000 Chav. Alma of the Haaretz, the physical land was lost. What happened? But it's interesting because we always speak out. This is something that permeates Torah's Chasam Soifer. And that is that Bimokim Kedusha physics doesn't apply. And the Chasam Soifer says in a whole bunch of different places in a whole bunch of different ways. One of the Inyanim that the Chasam Soifer talks about are the schools of Eretz Yisrael. He says, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Yavis, It's regarding Yerushalayim. And even though there were times that there were so many people in Yerushalayim, because the Yidim Oilu in history, there was never a man that said, that it's a little bit uncomfortable. Why not? It's because of Kedushas Yerushalayim. And the Kedusha defied the physics, and as a result, no one ever felt uncomfortable. Chassam Soifer says in the Azara, which had more Kedusha than Yerushalayim, you find that they were oimdim tzvufim v'yidin, u'mishtachvin revachin. That's even more. It's not just me'oylam le'omar adam tzal le'yamakai, but they were mishtachvin revachin. There was a certain break. That's because the Azari had more kedushin than Yerushalayim. So this Indian of physics being mishubit was more manifest, and that's why not just it wasn't tzar, but it was mishtachvin revachin. And then you had the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Kodesh HaKadoshim, which is Lufnai V'Lufneim, that is Dishpitz Kedusha. There, Mokka Ma'orin is Enem and Amido. There you have a Chazal, that when the Yidim went out to fight a war in the times of Yeshua Menon, all of Klai Yisrael was able to fit Bein Abadim. We always speak out the Rogachova, that there was a Tzantzen Samon that was in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Aydas and Isin Noisra in the Mon. The Yidim were told, How could the Mon be there? So the Rogachova said that just like the Mokka Ma'orin was Enem and Amido, it was not Mugbul by physics, it was also 
not mugbal by zman. It was the ma'ilam and azman. So there was no today and there was no tomorrow. But the point is that you find that kefida madregas of Kedusha Eretz Yisrael, it was manifest in terms of the breakout that was there. I think this Gemara is always suffered to that. The whole Eretz Yisrael had it. Because really the whole Eretz Yisrael has Kedusha. The entire land from sea to shining sea is an Eretz Svi. What does it mean there's an Eretz Svi? The room expands. There's room for everybody. Could be it's uncomfortable. But the land is Tzvi. Then Yerushalayim is Me'olam Le'omer Tzali Amokim. And then you have the Azara where it's Meshtach Me'ravachim. And then the Atolis Al-Kunot, Lano, that's the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We're there. It's already in a Menamida. Either way, it's up to Gemara Vaita. Again, on the topic of Haramelch. Ramin Yumi Bar Chilkiyav, Rav Chilkiyav, Bar Tuviyav, Rav Huna Bar Chiyav. These three, Amiram, have Yasfi Gabi Adodi. They were all sitting together. Amri, they said, Yikadashmiyav, Milsa, Mekvar Tzchan Yashom Etzrayim. If there's anyone that knows anything, about Kfar Schan Yishal Mitzrayim Lema, he should say. Now, it's not clear what this Kfar Schan Yishal Mitzrayim was. It would be Gishmak if this was one of the many cities of Haramelech, hence the segue. Now, it's called Kfar Schan Yishal Mitzrayim. The word Mitzrayim sounds like it's from Chutzlar. It's, it's not from Eretz Yisrael. Either way, it's a little bit Tzarech Bottom line, Lema, they said, if anyone knows anything about this Kfar, let them get up and say something. So So one of them said the following. There was a story about So this was an Aris and an Arusa, a couple that was engaged, but engaged in the in, engaged in the Torah way, which means it's already Kedas Moshe Yisrael, it was already Yisha Nikness. They're married. And they were taken into captivity, and their captors forced them to live and be married together. Wanted to breed them, he wanted they should have children. The problem is, even though they were married, all they had was Arison, they didn't have Nesuin. And being that they didn't have Nesuin, there's an Isserbiya. Umrulai. So this is the Arusa tells the Aris, I'm begging you, Al-Tigabi, don't touch me. Because I don't have a Ksuba. There was no Nesuin. And because there was no Nesuin, there's no Ksuba. The Marsha here in Chedushi Agadah says, Is this a Raya that Arusa ain't like Ksuba? That's a big Sugi, Mesachtus Ksubas. But she told him, Ain't like Ksuba. And he didn't touch her until the day he died. Ukshemes, when he died, So the Arusa went to the eulogizers and said, I want you to be masked with my husband. And this is what you should say. You should say on this person, that he was able to be miskabra on his Yitzhah more than Yosef HaTzadik. Why? Yosef HaTzadik, there was only one time where he had an assignment. Now the truth is, we know every single day, Eshes Paitifar used to make Yosef crazy. But there was only one time where it was there was one time that they were in a state of Yichud where the fire was burning where he was ready to do the Avera. Additionally, Yosef was never in one meter together with Eshes Paitifar. They were living in one meter. Yosef, she wasn't his wife. As opposed to this man, it was his wife. So she said, you want to be masked my husband? That's the husband you should give. Be masked on him. So the other Amir said, I'll tell you a story about Kfar Sachan Yisham Mitzrayim. I said it was a story Va'amdu Arba Moidiyos Bedinar. We're 40 Moidiyos of Tfua. We're selling for a dinner. Nechzer Hashem Moidiyachas. And then all of a sudden the prices went down a little bit. And they couldn't understand why. Ubatku, they did Bedikas Umatsu and they found Avu Bnoi Shabbat Al Nairam Rasab Yom Kippurim. There was a father and a son that were born in Nairam Rasab Yom Kippur. They vim Lebezdin. They brought them to Bezdin. Vesaklum, they gave them Skila. Vachazar Hashar Lum Koimoi. And the Shar went back to the way it was. Now, the purpose of these stories is to bring out the greatness of these cities. 
Now, the first story is certainly uh, a, a godless. It's, it's incredible. There was an Aris Varusa, and he was pit 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 Yisrael. What about this story? So the Marsha and the Ben Yoyada, if you look at all the Noisa Kalim on Agadotigimaris, they all struggle a little bit. But the Pasha Pshat seems to be that this was a city where the economy was 100% correlated to the Uvdis van Hogis of the city. That's a Choshevizach. That literally, there was no Mikra here. There was an incredible Ashkoch. You do a mitzvah? Things get better. You do an Avera, things are bad. Not just that. It sounds like this was the only Avera that was prevalent at that time. Because this Avera caused the Shire to go down. And as soon as they were massacring this Avera by giving them skill, all of a sudden it went back. But I have been sure this seems to be the godless of the story. Then the third said, I'll tell you a story. There was a man that wanted to divorce his wife. The problem is his Ksuba was too expensive. He couldn't afford to divorce him. What did he do? He invited his friends. He gave them to eat. Vehishkan, he gave them to drink. Shikran, he made them drunk. Vehishkan, alamita, achas. And he had them sleep on one bed. Vehavi, loivin beitza. And then he brought loivin beitza, that's part of the egg yolk. Vehitl, beinem, and he put it in their area. Vehemilam, edim. And then he appointed false edim, ubala, bezdin. And he came to bezdin. And he told bezdin that my wife was mezana together with these men. And the raya is, here's the shikh vazera, that's the loivin beitza. As a result, she's a saita. I get to give her a get, but like Suba, that's the punchline. And like this, he's not going to have to come up with the money that he didn't have. So when he came to Bezin, there was a Zokin Echot. He was one of the Talmidim of Shamei Azokin. His name, Ubava Bembuta Shemoy Amalehen. He told him, Kachmik Ublani Mishami Azokin. Have him a soy from Shami Azokin. And that is Loivin Beitza Soylet. That even though Loivin Beitza and Sheikh Vazera look the same, however, they react differently to fire. So when Loivin Beitza is exposed to the fire, it's Soylet Menor. What happens is, it ends up drying. As opposed to the Sheikh Vazera Doichem Menor. It ends up being absorbed in whatever it is it is. So he said, do with the Bedika and we'll find out whether this is true or not. Batku, Umatsu, they did the Bedika and they found that what he was telling was the truth. They brought him to Bezdin. They gave him Malkis. They ended up figuring out a way for her to get a Ksuba. And like this, she was able to get divorced. Either way, this story is also, by the way, supposed to be proof that the people in this Kfar Schan Yishal Mitzrayim were Tzadikim. Now, this is the hardest story to reconcile. But how are you supposed to figure out from this story that they were Tzadikim? It sounds like they were Rishon and Marurim. So again, I have been One shot is that you see this man wanted a plot, and the only aids he had was by making people drunk, meaning he couldn't find anyone that really was going to be willing to be Mazan and Mishtoi. Again, I have been Oisah But the bottom line, it says the Gemara, Amalei Abayah the Rav Yosef. Sabayah tells who? Rav Yosef. Umayach, Adav being that the people were tznadikim kuleyai, my time yanish. Why was it that they were punished? Amalei told them mishum deloi iabula Yerushalayim. The reason they were punished is because they didn't mourn Yerushalayim. Dechsev and the pasuk says simchu as Yerushalayim vigilu ba kolayavel sisu ita masoyz kolamis ablim alel. They didn't mourn Yerushalayim, and because they didn't mourn Yerushalayim, therefore their city was destroyed. This gemara. Or this Pasik is quoted in the end of Masach Tassinus as well. Over here the Gemara says that if someone's Mesabala Yerushalayim, he's Zoycha Veroya Besamchasa. But if someone's not Mesabala Yerushalayim, he won't be Zoycha Veroya Besamchasa. And that's the point of this Pasik. Simchu as Yerushalayim Vigiluba 
That if someone's misabul on Yerushalayim, sisu, he's going to be zoicha one day to be besimcha when it's going to be simcha l'artzecha besosayin liyirecha. He'll be part and parcel of what's going to happen la'asalavay. In this gemara, you see a hisafet to that. That if someone's not misabul Yerushalayim, that's gorasiba for churban. So you had churban by Yisrishin abay dezor gilaraish v'chazdamer. You had churban by Yisheni because the sinas chinim which Chavetz Chaim said was. Sinas chinim that brought Lidei Lashon Hara. And then you had Churbin Tor Malko, Churbin, this whole Indian over here, or Kfar Schan Yishon Mitzrayim. And what was the Siba? The fact that they didn't mourn Yerushalayim. Not mourning Yerushalayim is Gufa Siba for Churbin. And that's what Abaya and Rabbi Yosef are discussing over here in the last line of this Gemara. Either way, this concludes part two of what Rabbi Yechanan Discussed when he said, Ashri Adam Afachetomid, Atar Nagoila, Vatar Nagolta, Choruf Tormalka. So we're now going to turn on our attention to part three, and that is Ashaka de Rispak, Choruf Beitar, and I think it's Kedai, before we start the Sugya of Beitar, which is going to go knee deep into tomorrow's daf, to give a little bit of an introduction, a little bit of a Hakdama, as it relates to what exactly the city of Beitar was. And what's the significance of Churban Beitar? Now just to set it up, we know the Gemara says that there were five terrible things that happened on Tisha B'av. So Tisha B'av is the day that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. The first Beis HaMikdash and the second Beis HaMikdash. But those are only two of the five terrible things that happened. There were other bad, bad things that happened on Tisha B'av. The Rambam in Hilchas Tainas, Perakei Halacha Gimel Lissah, L'Shoynei Hazav Shal Rambam, V'Tisha there were five things that happened on Tisha B'av. It's number one. On that day, it was decreed that the Yidin would not be allowed to enter Eretz Yisrael. The first base Amikdash was destroyed on Tisha B'av, and the second base Amikdash was destroyed on Tisha B'av. Says the Rambam, additionally, there was a large city in Eretz Yisrael that was captured. The name of the city was Beitar. There were thousands and tens of thousands of Yidin that were living there. At that time, the Yidin of Beitar had a very powerful king. And all the Jews, and even the Gdoli believed that he was the Melech HaMashiach. But ultimately, this city fell in the hands of the Goyim. And this Melech, who everyone thought was Mashiach, fell in the hands of the Goyim as well. Every single person in the city was killed. And this day was such a terrible day, it was a Tzara Gedoyla, literally on the level of Chorben HaMikdash. So the Rambam, gives us three lines, which is literally the shortest version imaginable of Chorben Beitar. But I think we need to take a step back a little bit if we want to appreciate what exactly Chorben Beitar was because this is, unfortunately, one of the lesser-known chapters in Jewish history and it's a very, very important part of A, Jewish history, and B, the story of Chorben Beitar. So after the Beitar was destroyed, slowly, slowly, Tzibislech, the Yidin started doing what they do, and that is rebuilding. Rabbi Yechem and Zakkai was able to secure Yavna v'chachamel, and as a result, there was Torah being learned, not just Torah, but Torah of Adardeya that was being learned, and the Yidin began to rebuild. In fact, the situation over the ensuing decades 
got so, I don't want to say good, but so okay that the Yidin actually started talking about rebuilding the Beis HaMikdash. Ad Kideikach, there's a Medjish Rabbah, it's in Parshas Toldois, it's in Samich Dalad Yud. Bimei Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, God's Ramalchus Harusha, referring to the mighty Roman Empire, they decreed that the Jews should be able to build the Beis HaMikdash. And the Medjish goes and starts talking about the campaign, the money that started being raised to build the Beis HaMikdash. Hoshivu Papis Vilulyonus, there was literally a campaign. They started raising money. They had Rishos to start building a base on Mikdash. And things were starting to look very, very good. But then, about 40, 50 years after the time of the Churban, there was a new Roman Kesa. They used to go through cases like you go through Matzavasa. And this new Roman Kesa's name was Adarionus. In the secular world, he's known as Hadrian the Great, which, by the way, you find this very, very often, where you have a, a king who in the secular history is known as, quote-unquote, the Great, but in our world, he's a terrible, terrible monster. Hadrian is exhibit A for that. So Hadrian becomes the Roman emperor, and he was a tremendous, tremendous son Israel. And he wasn't happy about the fact that the Jews were beginning to flourish again. They're not rebuilding a base on Mikdash. There's this international campaign that this is going to be the Bayes HaShlishi now. And this is something he wasn't okay with. Compound that with the fact that the Kutim, who were always a thorn in the sides of the Jews, they were being malshin to Hadrian, and they were saying that, you realize, the reason the Jews want to base Amikdash is so they could rebel again the way they rebelled not so long ago. So if you're a student of history, you should understand that the Jews having a base Amikdash is not a good thing. And Hadrian decided that he has to stop the building of the base Amikdash, number one. And number two, he needs to go after the core of the Jews, which is he has to hit them where it really hurts, and that's the Yiddishkeit of the Yiddin. And he started making Zeres, and he started making it very, very difficult to be a Yid. In fact, everyone knows the Gemara in the end of Cheskes Habatim. The Gemara brings a b'raisa. The end of the b'raisa is as follows. From the day that the Malchus HaRusha was poishet. And they're imposing on us terrible, terrible gzeros. It's so difficult. We can't learn Torah. We can't do mitzvahs. We can't do a Shavuah ben. Yeshua ben, Brismila, we can't do Pityan Aben. Basic mitzvahs of Yiddishkeit are things that are being robbed from us. So says the Brahisa, Really, the matzah is so bad that what we should do now is we should make a gzeira. We should say there's no more chasanas, no more tarnagals, no more tarnagalises. Right, no more chasanas. Venimtu zarish al avram avinu kalamayelov. Like this, there'll be no more Jews. What do we need Jews for? You're bringing Yiddin into the world to do what? An oilam hazi you don't have, an oilam habi you don't have. So what's the purpose? Elo, the feeling at the time was this is from the gedolit hatanoim. Hanachlem liyisrael, leave the yidim mutav shiushegav ayu mazidim. At the end of the day, people are going to get married, they're going to have children, and as a result, they're going to do it anyways. And if we're going to make exayra, they'll end up being mazidim mutav shiushegav ayu mazidim. And by the way, the next words hadron alochas kizabat. This is literally the last words of an epic parak. Parak about When did this happen? When was it that these gzeros were being pashta? When was it that it was impossible to be a Yid? When did this take place? This was Adaryanus. That's when this took place. And he was the one that had imposed these Xeris. Lamaisa, the Yidin decided that this time they're not going to take it lying down. And they were going to put up a fight. Now, they put up a fight at the time of the Chorban. But this time it was different. And the reason it was different is because the Yidin had a warrior. 
who was a man of incredible, incredible physical and spiritual gifts. He was one of the Tanoim. He was a Chacham Gadol, Betaira, but at the same time, he was also a Gibar. His name was Ben Koiziva. And really, if you want to appreciate what Chazal say about Ben Koiziva, think Shimshon Hagibar. So, Shimshon Hagibar, we know, is one of the Shaiftim, but in Mikra Yoytzev Edei Pshutai, he's also Shimshon Hagibar. He's Ben Koiziva Hagibar. May Inyan le Inyan very much ba'isa Inyan. And Ben Koiziva said that I'm going to fight for the Yidin. Mechatesi. They're going to take down our Yiddishkeit. It's not something they have a right to do. So he, he puts together an army of hundreds of thousands of Yidin that were Giboy Rechayel, and he started fighting against the Romans. And he was very, very successful. In fact, he was so successful that it seemed Shalaykadar Chateva. All of a sudden, the Ebishta puts this Gibar into this Dar, who is going to fight the Romans. He's fighting for Binyan Beis Hamikdash, because remember, they had started working on building the Beis Hamikdash. And it looks like everything was going to come together very, very nicely. Then Kuziva walks into the Chachamu one day and he says, I want to convene a meeting. And the comes, and Kuziva, what do you have to say? He says, it's time for me to reveal to you who I really am. Who are you? He says, I'm Mashiach. And when the Chachamim heard Ben Kuziva said that he's Mashiach, you know what their reaction was? They believed him. Rabbi Akiva, the great Rabbi Akiva, who was the God of Adar at that time, he turned to Ben Kuziva and everybody's watching. And he says, It's a Loshen HaYerushalmi in Mesech Destainis. It's Perik Dalet HaLochehe. In fact, the story of Ben Kuziva is mentioned in a few lines in Talmud Bavli. It's a Mesech Sanhedrin in Perik Chelik, obviously. But it's Ba'arucha in Eicha Rabasi and also in Talmud Yerushalmi. So in Talmud Yerushalmi, Rabbi Akiva hears what Bar- Ben Kuziva said, and he says, And then Rabbi Akiva said something else. He says that the Pasik says, Who said this? Bilam. And he said, this is a remez. This is a remez to Mashiach. And you know who it's referring to? It's referring to Ben Kuziva. And after that, after Rabbi Akiva said that Ben Kuziva is if they changed his name. And he became known not as Ben Kuziva, but he became known as Ben Koichva, or in Aramaic, he became known as Bar Koichva. So Bar Koichva was a name that was given to Ben Koziva by the great Rabbi Akiva, and the reason he gave him this name is because he believed he was Mashiach. And based on this passage of Dorach Koichv Meyakiv. So if you want to know who Bar Koichva was, he was the man that Vidimu. And you know, gave him the name? That wasn't the name that he was given at birth. At his birth, they said, But what happened was, is it was Rabbi Akiva that gave him his name, and he gave him this name because he believed he was Mashiach. Just to bring out this point, even starker, the Ramam, this is in Perikyot Aleph, it's Halacha Gimel. The Ramam of this is talking about HaMelech HaMoshiach. And the Ramam gives his Shulchan Aruch of what's going to be in the times of Mashiach, says the Rambam, Don't think that the Melech HaMashiach is going to have to perform miracles. He's going to have to make Chedushim in the Bria. says the Rambam. That's not the Pshat. You know I know? This is 
the Rambam's Hespin or Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva And he led, literally, he carried the bags of Ben Koizva. That's how much he was mevatel himself to him. And Rabbi Akiva would say on him that he's the Melech HaMashiach. Till he was killed, Ba'avoynus, with his Averis. Fakivan Shenerak, when he was killed, Noid the Shane Mashiach. It was only then that they knew he was a Mashiach. However, what's the punchline of the Ramam? They never asked him for a miracle. It doesn't say anywhere that he was Machai Mason. It doesn't say he was Machadish anything in the Bria. So the Rambam in Halochis, this is not the Mayor Navoichim. It's not in Izigaris Taimon. It's not in Shmoinu Prokim. This is a Rambam in Hilchis Malochim. He's learning off the Sugyo. The oneness of the sugi of Mashiach, and he said Mashiach was a pimchadish. And he said, "Oh my Rai is bar koichva," because Rabbi Akiva thought he was Mashiach. Who are your Emerol of Shua Melacha Mashiach? And yet he never performed any moifsim. Yeah, it was a gibar chayil, no question. And the Yidden were having incredible, incredible success. And if he didn't meet all the credentials that's needed for Mashiach, obviously Rabbi Akiva would not have thought that he was Mashiach. But at the same time, moifsim at the But the bottom line is, so the Yidden have. This great warrior who puts together a military, he decides he's going to fight against the Romans. And he was very, very successful. In fact, for a few years, his rebellion, known as the Barkoichva Rebellion, was going very, very well. And then all of a sudden, the things turn. Now, the emphasis is that if you study the secular history, at the end of the day, Barkoichva as strong as he was, together with his army, as strong as they were, they were still heavy underdogs. And it was very difficult for them to defeat the mighty Roman Empire. And Hadrian quashes the rebellion. That's one of the reasons world history treats him as Hadrian the Great, because he successfully was able to protect the Roman Empire. But Chazal and Megalatos, the panemius of what went on. And if you read the story, it's mamish mesmerizing. It's here in the Yerushalmi, again in Perik Dalet Halachehe in Mesech one excerpt, the Kad Havanothic Lekrovo, when Barkoichva would go out to fight, Hava Omar, he would say, This is not in the beginning, this is a few years in. Riboyna da Alma, loy tisoid, loy tichsoid. Imagine Azat Fila, he turns to the Abish, he says, Loy tisoid, don't help me, but loy tichsoid, don't stare. Meaning, Abish, I got this, I will need you. Loy tisoid, I don't need Sa'ad, I will need you to help me, but loy tichsoid, please don't get in the way. And then he said the following passage. Sounds familiar? That was what he said. He said, I don't need any help. I have this. Let me handle this. This is something I could do by myself. Yushami continues. says, For three and a half years, Adaryonis laid siege on Beitar. So at that time, Beitar is the largest populated Jewish city, and Adarionis was trying to attack, but he couldn't. Why? Because of Bar Him and his army, they were too strong. But during those three and a half years, while Bar is getting to a point of a shtikl and the Jews are being very, very successful, there was a Yid, we're familiar with him from learning Dafyoimi, his name was Rabbi Loza Hamaydoi. And he was Yoshev al Asak Falo Efer, Umispalo Vachal Yoim, he would dive in every day. For Omer, and he would say, Rebbe no, I love him, Alteshe Bidin Hayoim, Alteshe Bidin Hayoim. Give us one more day. Let today not be the day of them. This was Rabbi Lazar, my Doist Let us live one more day. Boya, Dayonis Mezaleh. 
Adayanus was trying and he was unsuccessful. So Amalekhat Kutai, there was a Kuti. Again, these Kutians were Geferlech. And he turns to Adayanus and he says, I have some intel. I'm going to give you some inside information. I'm going to tell you why you're unsuccessful. I'm going to tell you why you're unsuccessful. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to be successful. He said, the issue you're having right now is, is there's a rabbi. And this rabbi is doing avoidus and tikkunim, and he's being piled that the city of Beit that should not be able to be overthrown. And that's why you're being unsuccessful. What you need to do is, we need to strategize, we have to figure, a way, figure out a way to eliminate this tzaddik, Rabbi Lazar Hamoidoi. And if we could do that, we're going to be successful. And Yerushalmi goes on to tell a story that this kutoi went while Rabbi Lazar Hamoidoi was davening, and he whispered something into his ear, and he starts having a conversation. Rabbi Lazar Medoy is davening, he's davening, and he's whispering into his ear. In the meantime, word got out that there was a kuti, this is someone from the enemy's side, who was having some communication with Rabbi Lazar Medoy. Barkoichva gets wind of this. Barkoichva calls the kuti, and he says, what's going on? And the kuti tells him that, I'll be honest with you, Rabbi Lazar Medoy, he's a traitor, and you think he's davening for you? Just the opposite. He doesn't like you, and he's actually trying to help Adarionis, and we were caught. I'm sorry, I, I feel terrible, but you want to know what's going on? This is, don't kill me, but this is what's going on. When Barakaifa heard this, he, he got a little worried. Maybe he's telling the truth. So he calls Rabbi Lazar Maidai, and Rabbi Lazar Maidai comes in, and he meets with Barakaifa. He says, you were having a conversation with the Kuti. What was going on? Rabbi Lazar Maidai said, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, what do you mean? There was a Kuti that was whispering into your ear. Everybody saw it, this Aiden. Everyone knows this happened. He says, I mamish don't know what you're talking about. And the emissaries, Rabbi Lazar Maidai, didn't know what he was talking about. Because Rabbi Lazar Maidai, Chazal say, was so steeped in tefillah. His avoider of Alteshe Bedin Ayoyim, Alteshe Bedin Ayoyim, was on such a nifladig level that he didn't feel it. He didn't realize that there was somebody that was whispering into his ear. And he turned to Barakoyf and says, I don't know what you're talking about. The problem is everyone had seen it. And Rabbi Lazar Maidai was compromised. Barakoyf in his mind had no choice but to believe the Eidos of this apostle Eidos, and he killed Rabbi Lazar Amidai. That's what Yerushalmi says. So Rabbi Lazar Amidai, Hashem Yimkom Damai, was killed by who? He was killed by none other than Barakaychva. The Gemara says when this happened, there was a terrible kitrig in Shemayim. And they said, this is the Melech HaMashiach, this is the person that we're bringing this Yeshua from. It can't be. It's not possible. And Miyad, 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 Nilka de Beitar, Venerak ben Koizava. On that day, Beta was captured, and on that day, Bar Koichva was killed. What was the day? The Raman just told us what the day was. It's the Mishnah Masech Dastainus. It was on Tishabav. So on Tishabav was Nilka the Beta. On Tishabav, Bar Koichva was killed. And on Tishabav, Rabbi Lazar Moidoi, Hashem Yimkom Domoi, was killed by Bar Koichva. Incredible. This is, the, this is the story of Bar Koichva. And literally, immediately, as a, as a response, the Romans had all the power. There was no Rabbi Lazar Maidai. They didn't have his tefillahs. You know, yesterday we talked about Rabbi Tzadik who fasted 40 years like Lechrim Beis Hamikdash. And Rabbi Yechem wanted to keep him alive. And we said, why did he want to keep him alive? Maybe the reason he wanted to keep him alive is because he felt that his avoidus and his tefillahs and his fasting was what was saving Klai Yisrael. It's an offer to Yerushalmi by Churban Beitar, which is my Indian, my Indian, my Indian. That you see Rabbi Lazar Maidai, as long as he was alive, there was no Churban. Rabbi Yechem and Zakeh, with his grace of maybe understood this. And at Fashtanen, as long as there's a Rab Tzaddik, we still have hope. But if there's no Rab Tzaddik, and that's why, what is he asking for? Yavna v'chachamea? Malchus 
Beis David, and I need Rab Tzadik. I need Rab Elaza Hamoidoi. I need that Tzadik, because I'm not going to have that Tzadik. If I'm not going to have that Tzadik, how do I know how this is all going to play itself out? But I'll tell you something interesting. And that is that Rabbi Yechon said three things. He said, Akamsa bar Kamsa, Chor Yushalayim. Atar Negoil of Atar Negolta, Chor of Tor Malka. And then he said that Ashaka de Rizbag, Chor of Beitar. So I want to ask you a question. I asked this to several Tamid Chachanam. What was Tor Malka? How did that get lost in the shuffle? We know that Chor of Yushalayim, Akamsa bar Kamsa, Chor of Yushalayim. Everybody knows. Every child knows that. We know about Churban Beitar. The Mishnah talks about Churban Beitar. It's the story of Bar Koichva. But what was Tor Malka? And how come we don't know about it? We just learned the whole Amid Gemara that talks about Tor Malka. And it certainly sounded like from the Gemara that millions of people were killed. This was a tremendous, tremendous Churban. How do we forget about that? We know about Tachvetat. We know about the Spanish Inquisition. We know about the Holocaust, of course. I mean, we know about the Crusades. We have all the different kinnis that were written about the burning of the Shas, the Marama Rotenberg, right? We know so much about the Tzaris. We, we commemorate them. Mamish today, Dova Be'itoy. So how is it possible that there's no talk about Tormalka? I think it's a good kasha. I saw a raid. Where was Tormalka? Forget about where was Tormalka. When was Tormalka? When exactly did this happen? So I don't know. I Taku don't know. But... I want to ask you something. In the story of Tormalka, there was mention of a Bar Deroima. That this Bar Deroima, there was one person who had supernatural powers. And the Roman case was going crazy. And even Davin Tedevish, they said, Reboina da'almakula. That was his lashon. Reboina da'almakula. You want to take me down, take me down. But not in the hands of one person. Not in the hands of one Bar Deroima. Who was this Bar Deroima? How come we never heard about him? Who was he? It's interesting. What was the downfall of the Bar Deroima? What happened? How did the Bar Deroima go down? He quoted a passage. He said, Yerushalmi said, What was the downfall of Bar Koichva? What did he say? He said, And then he said, How did the Bar Deroima die? He went to the Beis Hakise, and a snake came, and it chopped out his, his innards, and that was the way he died. How did Bar Koichva die? So we know the day that he died. He, di- he died on Tisha B'av. But how exactly did he die? Says the Yerushalmi, After Bar Koichva was killed, so they delivered, this is really old school, the head of Bar Koichva to Hadrian. He said, who killed him? I want to know. So there was a kuti there. He said, this is my 15 minutes of fame. This is my opportunity to make it big time. He goes, I killed him. He said, I don't believe it. He didn't believe that a mortal, a human being, would be able to kill Bar Koichva. He was so powerful, he was so strong. He didn't believe it. He said, I want to see his guf. They brought his guf. Ashkach, you know what they found? Chakina kricha aloi. The Targum. Mata nachosh karuch sevivai. Venirish aya anachosh hargavalai akute. It was clear that he was killed by a snake. Omar, he said, Ilule alukade katle manabe yochole. Ukara aloi, he said on him the pasikim, loiki tsura mecharem vashem askim. This had to be directly from Davishta. There was no shliach, there was no intermediary that would have had the ability, would have had the kayach to kill Barkaicha. He was darach kaicha miyakim. He was too strong. How was he killed? He was killed by a snake. He was killed in the same exact way that this Bardaraima was killed. It's eerily, eerily similar. The story of the Bar Deroyma, that is, to the story of Bar Koichva. By the way, Rabbi Akiva thought 
that Bar Kaifa was Mashiach, Mashiach, Pashtus, Mashiach ben David. If he's Mashiach ben David, he came from which Shevet, Shevet Yehuda, which was what part of Eretz Yisrael? It's the south. It's in the Durham part of Eretz Yisrael. It seems a little bit, a little bit suspicious that this Bar Deroim is Bar Kaifa. And if the Bar Deroim is Bar Kaifa, that would mean that Tur Malka and that Churban was associated and it was related somewhat with Churban Beitar. And if that's the case, it would a little bit explain why we don't talk so much about it, because really, Churban Beitar is the city, Sheikar al Shmoy, this entire Churban, but it's not another chapter in Jewish history. It happened around the same time. You know, we talked a lot about why was the first base Amikdash destroyed? The second base Amikdash was destroyed because of Sinaschina, which Chavetz Chaim said was Lashin Har. Why was Beitar destroyed? What was the cause of Churban Beitar? Yushami asks the Kasha. Why was Beitar destroyed? It's because after Churban Beis Hamikdash, they were lighting, they were lighting Neiros, and it goes on to tell how there were celebrations, and they didn't mourn Beis Hamikdash to teach us that any person that doesn't mourn the Beis Hamikdash, he will have Churban, which is what the Gemara said was the reason that that city, which was a little bit unclear if it's part of Aramelech, but it certainly feels like it a little bit, was part of Aramelech was destroyed. It seems that. Betar and Tor Malka was all very much what happened after the Tarnagol of a Tarnagolta? So first he gave them another chance and then he, he didn't give them another chance. What did he see? He saw the celebration. What's the Oymek? He saw the celebration. Yeah, that's what rates them on. But that was the cause. That was the cause for what had taken place. Again, not 100% sure but the bottom line is Chorben Betar which led to Asara Ruge Malchus, it led to the killing of Yaakiva Kiyodua, and really it ushered in a very, very, very challenging Tkufa, one of the most challenging Tkufas in the history of Kal Yisrael. It's something that Rabbi Yochanan said was triggered by something very, very nominal. What was that nominal thing that triggered it? It said Rabbi Yochanan, Ashaka the Rizpak. It was the door of a chariot, a chariot in which women used to Travel, what's the rest of that story? That's the second part of today's daft. Zok de Gemara. Ashaka the Rispak Charev Beitar. It was because of the door of this chariot that the city of Beitar was destroyed. The Havanahig in the minute was Kabin Sialad Yanuka when a baby boy was born, Shasli Arsa. They would plant a cedar tree, Yanukta, and when a girl was born, Shasli Tornisa. So they would plant a pine tree. If you look at the Rashi, Rashi says pine balas. And when they would get married, they would cut these two trees, and they would make the chuppah out of all this wood. One day, the door of the Kesar was traveling by, and the door of this infamous chariot broke. Kotsu Arza, she said, Oh, perfect. I see an eris here. I see a cedar tree. She cuts the cedar tree, the Ailula, and she took it. When the Yidden saw what happened, Asu Nafalalayu, they went and they attacked them. Machunu, they killed this woman. Asu Amrle the Kesa, they told the Kesa, that was not good. They killed the daughter of the Kesa. They said, Asu And that's when this whole thing began. I'll tell you something interesting. I saw in the Sefer told us, I'm Oilam. So, told us Am Oilam was written by Rab Shloim Akai in Rattenberg. He wrote beautiful, beautiful svar in many, many volumes on Jewish history. And I was just going through his narrative of Churban Beitar. So, 
obviously he brings this Gemara right here and he says, just like the Oifen Pasha, as if it was obvious to him, that the background and really the richness of appreciating what happened was, is Adarionis had just imposed all these Xeris and the Yidim were fighting. They were fighting for their religious freedom. That's what they wanted. And this cedar tree, which to us seemed so insignificant, to them was very important. This was a minig straw, which is Torah. And they were fighting for their minig. And they said, you're not going to chapel with us. And remember, they had convened an army and they felt that they had the power and nuffle. And they went and they attacked and they successfully attacked. Because this is during the Tkufa where they're able to successfully attack. But this isn't just some this indiscriminate, frivolous attack. I'm very upset. You took my cedar tree. How am I going to make a chuppah? No, this was a minigi straw that was very, very valuable to them. Right? I feel like the Masani, the Gemara says in the Shas Hashmad, you're supposed to be moist and nefesh. And that's what they were doing. This was the Shas Hashmad. They were being moist and nefesh for this minig. They had the ability to fight. They fought. But ultimately, Rabbi Yochanan said that this one ufta had it been prevented, who knows what would have happened. And that's the Ashriel, the Mefachit Tomit, as relates to Chorben Beta. As it relates to Chorben Beta, the Posik says, Goda, Bechari Af, Kol Keren Yisrael. Because of a Charot Yaf, the Ebishter was angry. The Ebishter chopped off all the Keren of Yisrael. What does this mean? It's referring to the 80,000 horns, right? The olden days when they would fight a war, there were horns, there were chatzaitzres, right? There was a whole gerida. Shenichnas of the Krach Beta that entered the city of Beta, at the time that it was captured. And they killed so many people. It's very painful. The blood was flowing and there was, there was literally, uh, there were rivers of blood that it went all the way into the Mediterranean Sea. You'll tell me, okay, maybe it's not such a big deal. Maybe the Mediterranean Sea was close by. Mill. It was a millway. Tanya Rebbelezah Godolayim. Rebbelezah Godol said, "Shnei Nechalim Yesh B'Pikas Yedayim." In that area near Beitar, there are two Nechalim. There are these two streams. Echad Moishach Elach, Echad Moishach Elach, and they both flow in opposite directions. V'Shia Ruch Hachamim, and the Hachamim made an assessment. They said, "Shnei Chelke Mayim," that those Nechalim were made up of two thirds water. V'Echad Dam, it was one third blood. Masis Atan, it was a brayse that said, "Sheva Shanim Batzur Umay Sa'olam As Karmei Midamin Shalay Yisrael Leizavol." For seven years, the Umay Sa'olam did not have to fertilize their field because they were able to use the blood of the Jews as fertilizer. Amr Rabbi Chiyav Rabban, Amr Rabbi Shuvin Karch. Zochi Zochi Nechem Anchi Rishalayim. There was a Zochi Nechem from the Anchi. He told me the following. It was in the following valley. Who was the chief executioner of Nebuchadnezzar. So we're jumping now. We're going from Chorben Beitar, which happened approximately 50, 60 years after Chorben Bayesheni, all the way now to Chorben Bayesrishan. And who was the proverbial Titus of Chorben Bayesrishan? It was Nevuzratin. So he said, in this bicker where we are right now, he killed Mosayim ve'achas Asrei, 211 riboy times 2,000. So that's 2,110,000 yidin. Ubi Yushalayim, Yushalayim harak tishin ve'arba riboy, 94 times 10,000, that's 940,000. On one stone, and there was so much blood that it was not It literally touched, it made contact with the dam of Zechariah. The Pasik says, So what was the dam of Zechariah? We know Zechariah was the great Novi Zechariah, and he was killed in the Makam Mikdash, and they wished to perform the miracle that his dam wouldn't go away. The dam of Zechariah wouldn't go away, and it was always boiling there. It was a, a zikar, and it was a memory for this terrible, terrible atrocity that had taken place. The Jews themselves killed. And when the Chorben, this Chorben by Yisrishen, happened, so all this blood is going, and it literally touches the dam of Zechariah. Ashkechei, 
So Nevozrada walks into the Makam Mikdash and he sees the blood of Zachary. Amaluhu. So he turns to the canon and says, My hi, what is this? Amalu, they told him, Oh no, Dam Svachim Dishtapach. This is blood from Carbonus. I see the So he brought the dam of animals, and it actually didn't look the same. Amaluhu. So he told him like this. Obviously, this is not the dam of animals. You don't want to tell me what it is? I'm going to make you an offer, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. If you tell me what it is, good. I'm going to literally burn your skin off with these burning coals. They told him, okay, listen, we have no choice, we have to tell you what it was. There was a Navi, a prophet. He used to give us Musr, he used to tell us that we're not behaving. So we weren't happy, we didn't like what he said, so we killed a messenger. We killed him. And it's already been many, many years that the blood continues to boil. So, Nevuzradin said, You're going to say, I have power. I'm going to get the blood to stop boiling. He brought the Sanhedrin and Sanhedrin. He killed all of them. Then he brought the children. Then he brought the children. Zechariah, you are causing, by you allowing your blood to be here, the best of the Jews to get lost. Do you want every Jew to get lost? As he said those words in the Vuzradim, everything stopped. He had a hero tshuva, he said as follows, this is Vuzradim talking, he said, for one nefesh, the nefesh of Zechariah, the Ebeshta was literally Vinikesi Dama. That Ebeshta took such revenge over this one nefesh that look what had to happen. Ahu Gavra, talking about himself, the Kotal Kol Hani Nishmasa, said, I killed so many people, Achaskama Vakama, Orak, the Vizradan ran away, Ozal, Shodar, Shtar, Pratta, the Bese, he sent the Tzava to his house, how they should divvy up all his uh, Ashiris, the Igayer, and he became Megar. Now, it doesn't say that he was Zoycha to a Rab Meir, but the guy, he was Megar. Tony, we learned to the Bari, he said, Bederich Akov, Namon, Ger Toishev Hoyo. Nevuz Radon, Ger Tzedek Hoyo. That's what we just said. Mibnei Bonav Shal Hamon, Lomdu Toyer Bibnei Brak. Mibnei Bonav Shal Sisro, Lomdu Tinoikis Birushalayim. Mibnei Bonav Shal Sancheriv, Lomdu Toyer Berab Ma'inu. Who are the Bnei Bonav Shal Sancheriv that are learning and teaching Toyer Berabim? Ma'in Shmaiyav Avtalian. It's none other than Shmaiyav Avtalian, who, of course, the Rabbeim of, of Hill. This is what the Pasuk means when it says, It's referring to all those people that Nevuzradin killed on this rock with a dam with shoises until it went to the dam of Zechariah. The Pasuk says, Now we're going back to Adarionis, Hadrian of Chorben Beitar. He killed 1.2 million Jews, twice the amount of the Yotzim Mitzrayim. Now it says here that he killed them where? In Alexandria Shal Mitzrayim. So the historians are very bothered with, did Hadrian kill in Alexandria Shal Mitzrayim? Chorben Beitar was in Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't in Alexandria for another day. Kol Yaakov, the Aspasionus Kesar, it's referring to Aspasionus Kesar. What did he do? Shaharak Bekrach Beitar, Arberibai. He killed in Beitar 
Arba riboy, Arba meis riboy, 400,000 yidin. Ve'amilah, some say, Arba's alafim riboy. It's 4,000 times 10,000. Now, Aspasionis was the one who killed in Beitar. I thought Adarionis is the one that was killed in Beitar. Aspasionis was the one that almost killed, and he eventually ran away, or became king in Rome, that we saw yesterday in the Sugi of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Again, you have to work out all the different girsoyos over here. Either way, that's Hakol Kol Yaakov. What's the Yedayim 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 Zu Malchus HaRisho. It's referring to Malchus Roy Mishachrives Beisenu, Vesorfes Echoleinu, Veglisonu Meyartzenu. So the way Chazal Adarshaning Hakol Kol Yaakov here is, what's the Kol Kol Yaakov? Usually you think of a Kol Kol Yaakov, the Tefilo, you think of the Torah. These are the koilas, the screaming that's coming out of gas chambers. That's what this is. This is the Hakol Kol Yaakov, which by the way, Animamin, Shema Yisrael. But that's not Kol Kol Yaakov. It's the screaming of the Jews at the time of the respective Chorban. Dover Achar, another Pshat, Kol Yaakov. What does it mean, Kol Kol Yaakov? Ilucha Tfilo, Shemayelah, Sheimba, Mizar, Yaakov. There's no Tfilo that's Mayelah. Every single Tfilo has in it a little bit of Zarish Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu was given the Koyach HaTfilo. There's no successful military effort, doesn't have a little bit of Esav in it. And this is what Rabbi Lazar meant when he said, and what's this, we mentioned this in yesterday's raid, is not going back on what we just said. Rashi. After know why this is here, but going back to the Sugi of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, which happened because of what, Dr. Rashi? He says, That in the event that people are hitting with their Loshon, Rashi, Shoit says, When people are clapping with their tongue, meaning when there's Loshon Haro, If there's Loshon Haro, you better hide. Why? Because Kamsa Bar Kamsa, Chorv Yishalayim, it was because of Loshon Haro. Amar Rab Yehuda, Amar Rab. I think what's trying to pass it that says, Al Naro is Bavel, Shom Yeshavnu, Gambo Chinu, Bizachreinu as Tzion. Now, Lamech Yerok, Kodesh Baruch, the David, who said this David HaMelech says? Now, David HaMelech is talking about Chorbim Beis HaMikdash, David Amalek didn't even build the Beis HaMikdash. He wanted to, but he couldn't. His hands had too much blood on it because of all the wars that he had fought. His son would. But David Amalek is talking about Chorban Beis HaMikdash, said Rabbi Yehuda, in the name of Rav, we learn from here, She'eroh HaKadosh Baruch Lo David, Ebesh to show David Amalek, Beruach HaKadosh, Chorban Beis Rishon, and who destroyed the first base? Amikdash Bavel. didn't destroy the first base. Amikdash. Edom destroyed the second base of Mikdash. So Zoysay Meris, you see from here that David Melech saw Sai Chorben by Yisrishon and Sai Chorben by Yisheni. Incidentally, the Vilna Goyen said that although Bavel destroyed the first base of Mikdash, but Bavel only destroyed the base of Mikdash Ad Hayisoyed. The Yisoyed of Bayis Rishon was destroyed by Edom. So after Bavel retreated and they went there to Israel, and we know the land was vacant. There wasn't even an Oifa Pireach, as I'll say, for 52 years. And during that period, the Edomians came. They lived in that area. And they went to the Mokam Mikdash, And they were Oru, Oru, Ada Yesoid, but in Bayez Rishon, Gufa. So Bayez Rishon was a joint effort between the Beis Mikdash itself and between the Yesoid of the Beis Mikdash. The Yesoid of the Beis Mikdash in the Sugya of Churban Beis Mikdash is a whole Sugya Bifneyatzmai. Beis Amikdash was destroyed by Babel, the Yisoyed was destroyed by Edom. Yesterday we said that the first Beis Amikdash, 
The Yisoyed was destroyed. The second base of Mikdash, the Yisoyed, was not destroyed. So, Tzorich Beer, what's the significance of the Yisoyed of the base of Mikdash? But either way, this Gemara is mashma not that way. This Gemara is mashma that when the Pasik says, Hashem it's referring to Bayesheni. And if that's the case, number one, it means Bayesheni, not like the Goyim said Bayesheni. Also, it would be mashma a little bit that in Bayesheni it was Aru Aru Ada Yisoyed Ba, which is not like the Messiah we have. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shmoli, Rabbi some say, these next few stories that we're about to learn are some of the most painful stories. We all know them. We read them on Tishabav in the Kinnis, but this is really, really painful. There was a story There were 400 Jewish boys and girls. They were taken into captivity, and the purpose was for Gilead At some point, they realized what this was all about. They were on a boat and they're going to some far out land. They said, They said, If we jump into the Yam right now, are we going to merit a portion of the world to come? They said, I mean, they weren't sure. They were children and they didn't know. To be Ma'amad Asmir Ladas is not Pashat Azach. And they Pashat didn't know. They were kids. What did they really do? didn't have the opportunity to really be Mekayim Torah Mitzvahs. So that was their question. They wanted to know, if we would jump right now into the Yam, would we merit a portion of the world to come? So the oldest of the Chevra over there, he said over the following Pasuk, he said, It's a Pasuk in Tehillim. So this is the way he touched the Pasuk. He said, he said, if somebody has to be taken out from between the teeth of a lion, Oshiv, he's going to return, he's going to go to Elam Haba. Oshiv. You know what that means? If someone drowns at sea, he's Oshiv, he's going to go to Elam Haba. When the girls heard this, they all jumped into the yard. So the girls went first. And when the boys saw what the girls did, they made a kalvachayim. Where the bia is going to be, I'll call upon him something that's dark and lakach. Because they were being taken from Mishkav Zohar. They also jumped into the yam. It's regarding them that the Pasik says, Ki we were literally Kitsoin Tifcha. The Hergish is they were like Tsoin Kodashim, not just Tsoin Tifcha, not just Shritas Chulin, but this was Shritas Kodashim. They were literally Karbonis. They were Nechshabnu Kitsoin Tifcha. From Yehuda Amr, Rabbi Yehuda said that this Pasik Yolech, Yerakim Kolayim, Nechshabnu Kitsoin Tifcha, is referring to a different story. It's referring to a mother and her seven sons. So, what's the story? There was a mother who had seven sons, and these sons were not stelling to the Roman decree of the time that you have to be oived avoid the czar. Asyul the Kama, the Kameda Kesar. They brought the oldest son to the Kesar. Amrule, they told the child, Plach avoid the czar. I want you to worship avoid the czar. Amaluhu, he said, How could I worship avoid the czar? Kasabat Torah. It says in the Torah, Noichi Hashem Alekecha. I can't be. Violate the first of the Ten Commandments. Afku, they took him out, but they killed him. And then they brought the second son to the case. They told him, He said, Worship It's the second of the Ten Commandments. Afku, they killed him. They brought the third son. They told him, It says in the Torah, Someone that worships Abay Dazar is Chayim Misa. Afku, they brought the fourth son. They told him, Amalu said to them, 
It says in the Torah, they brought the next son. They told him, he said, they told him, he told him, it says, it says, they brought the next son. Amrulay, they told him, Plach Lavidazara, bow down to Abidazara. Amrulay told him, Kasabat Torah. It says in the Torah, As Hashem Hemarta Vigoymer, Vashem Hemirchayoim, Kvanishbanu la Kodesh Baruch, we swore to Kodesh Baruch, Shein Anu Mavirin Oisai Beel Acher, Vavu Nishbalonu, Shein Mavaroi Sonu Bumacheres. We have a deal with the Ebishta that we're always going to treat him as our God, and the Ebishta. Quid pro quo is going to treat us the same way. Omali Kesar. So the Kesar goes to this little child and he whispers into his ear and he tells him, Ishtilach Gushpanka. I'm going to take my ring, I'm going to put it on the ground. Vigachim Vishakli, just pick it up. Kihecha the Lemro. It's like this, the Oilam will say, Kabbalah, Hurman of the Machas, I won't have to kill you. I don't want to kill you. It was starting to get painful for the Ritzeach. It was starting to get painful for the Kesar. You know, they say that when the Nazis were. With killing the Jews, very often they would have to drink. They mamish had to make themselves drunk because they couldn't do it. At some point, at some point, you have not a, a pintle of yid, but you have a pintle of, of humanity and decency inside of you. And sometimes they push it with stone when they did what they did. And he couldn't come to himself anymore. He said, just, just bow down, pick this up, we'll be done with this. Amalesi told him, Chaval Allah Keser, Chaval Allah Keser. He told him, He said, you're so worried about your own covet. And if you're covet in your eyes, you think it's so important. How can I do it? If you're covet, Begets this. Could you imagine the covenant of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Afkul and Miktale? They took him out to kill him. Amrulu Ime. So as they're about to kill him, and this woman lost six sons, and she's about to lose her seventh son. So she goes over to him and she says, "Havu Nali, can I whisper? Can I say something?" The Inchike Purta. I, I just want to give him a kiss for one second. He said, "Fine." Amrulai. She says, "Banai or Bini, my son. Luchu the Imrul Avram Avichem. Go tell Yezed Avram Avinu. Ata Kadatom is Echad." You brought one Akeda, Vani Okadati Shivam Zbechas. I brought seven Akedas. Afi also Lagag, after they killed all seven of her sons, she went on top of the roof and Nafla, and she jumped off. Umesa and she died. Yotasa Baskova Amra Basko came out and said, Aim Habanam Semecha. Incidentally, this story sounds familiar because we know the story of Hanavah Shiva Banel. Now, the story of Shabbat Chivah happened during the Hanukkah story. Some say that this mice is just being brought by Chagav in the spirit of all the Dafin that we're learning about the Chorban. But Enochanami, if you want to know really when this happened, it happened right around that time. Just to finish the Gemara. The Gemara says, Rabshum, Levi Omar, You want to know what it means? It's referring to the mitzvah of Mila, which was given on the eighth day. And Rashi says, What does it mean? Why is Kalecha Ragnu Kalayoim? The Zimn in the Mayas, because sometimes children die during Rasmila. It's referring to Tamid Chachamim that when they teach Hilchah Shechita, sometimes they demonstrate Shechita on themselves. The Amar Rava, Rava said, Kol mili lechsi inish benafsheh. If a person wants to demonstrate a sugya, you could do it. Lebar mishchita b'davarachah. There's two things you shouldn't demonstrate on yourself based on an altiftach peh l'satan. This is not an altiftach peh. It's not like an altiftach maisa. You don't want the maisa. This is even worse than altiftach peh. And what are the two things? Shechita and davarachah. What's... Shrita, that's 
What's the Varacha? That's Saras. This is why the Chsam Seifer used to fast in the Yeshiva of Prezberg. It's mentioned the Seif has a car before they learned Masech Teshul. It was because of this Gemara. Because he was worried that maybe sometimes the Magachir is going to do this. And because of that, he used to fast. He said, what does it mean? What does it mean? It's referring to Tamid HaChachamim that they may misatzman al divrei Torah. Rabbi Shem ben Lakish. Rabbi Shem ben Lakish. Ain divrei Torah miskayim in Elo. The Misha may misatzman. Torah has a key by someone that kills himself over the Torah. Just to end again, and that is so today's daf spoke about the Churban of Tormalka, it spoke about the Churban of Beta, and then at the end there was digression, which is all from Churban, Lechurban, Lechurban. Tomorrow's daf we're going to pick up again with Churban Beta. But we spoke a lot about the Chorben of Tormalka, the Chorben of Beitar, and maybe they're actually somewhat related to each other. There's a postscript to Chorben Beitar. The postscript is, the Gemara says in Masech des Brachis, Daf Memches Amabes. We know that when we bench, we say four Brachis. You have the Brach of Hazan, Noida Lecha, Uvnei Yerushalayim, and then we have the Brach of Atoy Vametiv. And the Gemara says that the first three Brachas of Brach Samazin were all Dairaisa. The fourth bracha, the bracha of Atoiva Metiv, that bracha is the bracha of the Rabbanon. So, what's the rest of the story? When did the Rabbanon institute the bracha of Atoiva Metiv? Zokhti Gemara. Amr Abnasna. Oise Ayoim Shinitnu Haruge Beta Lekfura. The day that the Haruge Beta were allowed to be buried, Tiknu Beyavna, the Yidden at the time were in Yavna, and they were Masakin a bracha. The bracha was Atoiva Metiv. Atoiv Shaloi Hisrichu, the Hametiv Shinitnu Lekfura. They looked back and they said, this was a terrible korban. The bodies didn't decompose. We were able to bury these mason. The background is, if you go back to that Yerushalmi, the Yerushalmi says, for years the Jews were not allowed to bury. They weren't allowed to bury their mason. And finally, finally, that decree that they couldn't even bury their mason, even that they didn't figure in the Yedin. It went away. So they were masakin a bracha. He says, we have to show HaKadosh HaToyv to the Ebeshter. So how are we going to be makir toiv? We're going to be a bracha. HaToyv shalai yisrichu v'ametav shenitnu l'kfura. So I once saw in the drushes from Ramosha Vigdor Amiel, such a beautiful machshava. He said that, go through the bracha, the fourth bracha in benching. There isn't a nicer bracha in the world than that bracha. Who hateth, who mateth, who yateth lanu, who gimalanu, who gimleinu, who yigmaleinu lad lachenu lachesedu lerachnu lerevach atzolav atzolach bracha Yeshua nacham panos. Right? It's it's like a, a bracha of overflowing akaras atoyf. The Eved not just good. Atoyf, who mateth, who yateth, mamush gimlanu, gimleinu, yigmaleinu, hayayvin yeh. You get every tense and you get every possible adjective that has anything to do with atov in this bracha. And he says, this bracha was instituted. Why? Finally, after years, they were allowed to, after millions of Jews were murdered and massacred. You had the Churban. They didn't get themselves back. And their mom is regrouping. They start a campaign to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash. Think about what's going on. And this is when they instituted the bracha. Sir Vamiel said a machshava. And that is, he said, who is the leader of this generation? Who is the manic of the Tkufa of Chorben Beitar? It was Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, we know from the Gemara in the end of Masech Desmachis, he was able to laugh when everybody was crying. He was able to see Nechama when everybody saw Chorben. And the Dar, who would tell me Rabbi Akiva, who 
were nischanech in this Indian of Akiva Nichamtanu, Akiva Nichamtanu, of able to see a silver lining, where despite that they face and they witness Churban on such a degree, but at the same time they saw Ahavis Hashem, and they saw that the Eved still still treating us like Bonin, and they realized that you're right, Churban, and Shiftachon, Meshantachon, but at the same time they saw Nechama, and they felt the Nechama on such a level, that they wrote a bracha, not a kinah. They wrote a bracha, and they didn't just write a bracha. The bracha about toiva metiv. This is the bracha that you say when a dover nifla happens to you. When a tzara happens, you say baruch ta'ina emes. That's not the fourth bracha benching. The fourth bracha benching is the bracha of toiva metiv. But just to be messiah, we read the Rambam. The Rambam hilchas ta'inis. The Rambam perakei alocha gimel. And the Rambam says tishubav is one of the tanesim, the chamisha dvarim irubai. There were five things that happened. And we went through them, but we didn't finish the Rambam. We read the first four. What, what were the first four? Gazral Yisrael Bamidbash Laikansul Aretz, the Bechil Adairis, Charvadayas Barishainu Bishnia, and then the Rambam's Lishainu Azov, the way he describes Korban Beitar. But there was another thing that happened. The other thing that happened was, Ubay Bayoim Hamuchala Peraniyas, that day, that's Muchala Peraniyas, Charash Tunus Rufus Harasha, Mimalche Edem Ezahecho, Tunus Rufus Harasha. He was one of the Malchei Edwin. He was one of the Roman kings. He took a plow and he plowed the Hechel, the Esvivam and the surrounding area. Lekayin, to be Mekayim the Pasik that says, Tzioin, Sodati Choresh. That one day, Tzioin, Zion, would be plowed like it was a field. This is the fifth of the five things that happened on this day. So today we went down history lane a little bit. What was this? And when did this happen? When did Tunis Rufus take his proverbial plow and go and plow the fields of Yerushalayim, of the Mokim HaMikdash, of the Heichel? Tunis Rufus was Rabbi Akiva's Bar Plukta. Throughout Shas, Rabbi Akiva is debating Tunis Rufus. Tunis Rufus was the one who killed Rabbi Akiva. He's this Melech who put Rabbi Akiva on death row. He lived at the time of Chorben Beitar. In fact, this happened right after Chorben Beitar. This was the exclamation mark of Chorben Beitar. So Chorben Beitar, we talked about. Right after Chorben Beitar, Tunus Rufus goes, and, and what's his next move? He's Mimalcha Yedoim, and he's Chorash as Ahechov as Svivov. this Pasuk of Tzioin, Sodati Chorash. But now that we understand a little bit of the history of it, we can appreciate it. Because there was a movement, the Beisam Mikdash was... Maybe going to be rebuilt. Bimei Rabbi Yeshua ben Chananya. There was literally a decree, an edict that was passed by the Roman Empire. Build the base of Mikdash. And there was a tremendous movement. But then Adarianus came, and Bar Koichva, and Chorben Beitar, and all the terrible Tsaris. And then Kumtz again, Tornus Rufus, and he takes it to another level. Asar Malchus. He kills Rabbi Akiva. Rabon shall call Rabonim. Nun Shari Chachma. He kills Rabbi Akiva that when Ramesh Rabbeinu went up to him and Kabbalah told you, so Rabbi Akiva said, why are you giving the Torah through me? And David didn't even answer him. He said, Shtoik, Kachol, Machshok, this is what I want to do, this is the way it's going to be. But, Enochanam, it wasn't a good Torah, it almost sounds like I'll be Nigla anyways. It's, it's a good Tekasha. And that's who this Tornus Rufus is. And he says, I'm going to make a dogush, I'm going to show you Jews how far you are. Not Negea. He takes a plow and he plows through the Hechel. But I'll tell you a Dover Nifla that the Lubavitcher ever said. He said, this Nevoah of Tzion Sadat Ticharish is the low point. This is the low point. This is the fifth of the five things. Now that we can inherit a little bit, we can appreciate it. By the way, it's mentioned in the Gemara in the end of Masach Desmakis, right? 
This was the lowest of the lowest of the points that Yidin had come to. But the Pasuk, when it describes this low point, it says that what happened to Tzion? What happened to the Heichel? It was plowed. You know when you plow? You plow when you're going to be Zereyah. You plow when one day you're going to be Koitzer. So Lubavitcher Rebbe said, This Nevuah of Tzion Tzadati Choresh, which is the fifth and final of the Yisoydis and the Shoshis, the things that happened on Tisha B'Av. And he went ahead. What did he do? He plowed the land. He plowed. Because Enochanami, right now, Tzion is like a field. Oh, but at the same time, like the Gemara says, There's going to be a day where the Skenim and the Skenos are going to be Berchoyves Yerushalayim. People will be Zaychatarichas Yomim. One day Mashiach is going to come. And one day we're going to have the Mokhama Mikdash. This will be the Bayez HaShlishi. And that's the Akiva Nichamtonu, the Akiva Nichamtonu in Tunis Rufus. Tunis Rufus was Rabbi Akiva's Malplukta. And he went and he said, I'm going to show you Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva always gets the final answer. And Rabbi Akiva is going to get the final answer. Rabbi Akiva is going to get, pun intended, the last laugh. And we should all be Zoycha to Akiva Nichamtonu, Akiva Nichamtonu.